0: The Influencer's Edge is brought to you by the Invisible Influence Series. If you're ready to massively increase your sales by leveraging the power of subconscious persuasion, then make sure you text the word COMPEL to 411-321. That's COMPEL to 411-321. And if you're outside of the United States, then use WhatsApp and text the word COMPEL to one 909 741-1321 make sure you put in your best email address because that's how we'll deliver the goodies welcome to the influencers edge this is the place where you come to get the latest breakthroughs cutting edge insights tools and techniques to leapfrog over the pack and sales persuasion and influence be sure you visit our website at www.theinfluencersedge.com and while you're there subscribe to us via your favorite network now sit back tune in and enjoy today's episode all right welcome back to the influencers edge And this is the show that brings you the cutting edge stuff, the contrarian stuff, the stuff that you won't hear on any other podcast. You won't get off the shelf stuff from me. No, I present the stuff that gets you thinking, gets you to throw out the stuff that's been stinking out uh, your bottom line and help you make logarithmic leaps in your bottom line results. So today our guest is Joe Palo, Palo, Palo. Yes. And Joe has a, <laughs> Joe's title for today's podcast is "How to Sell Nothing." So we're going to go into that in a minute. Joe, let me read your biography, and then we're going to jump right in. Although as I warned you, I often start the interview and start the interrogation, the Spanish Inquisition, right as I read the bio. So let's get into mm-hmm. it. How about it? All right. Joe draws from 35 plus years of commission sales. That's a long time to be doing something. So let's leap in here with my first unexpected question. Everyone always asks when someone has a passion or something they've done for a long time. How did you get started? What was your first introduction? Bullshit, boring question. I want to know, 35 years is a long time. What's kept you doing it? What has made you continue to do this it can't be just the money you've made your coin after 35 years um so what keeps you doing it joe
1: um you know i've never been asked that question it's a good question of
0: course not that's why I
1: come on come in hot uh i think it's one i'm blessed it's something that my brain just wired i think that way and it's enjoyable it's not work that does help but also it's more. Um, if I really focus on helping you get what you want, I'll get what I want. And that's a source of energy. Um, it's sales is, yeah, it's hard, but when you're actually in the selling piece, it's not work. It's fun.
0: Wow. Now a lot of people go sales is drudgery. Sales is something I feel icky about. We're going to dive into how you tell people to sell nothing. So <laughs> you are a top sales person who's earned his hard knocks and big rewards with door-to-door selling wow what were you selling uh bible tracks uh encyclopedias vacuum cleaners what the hell
1: it was uh my uh second year in college i was going to school in north dakota state went down to uh charlotte north carolina and sold books door-to-door didn't even have a car uh some bible books and some study guides worked my tail off you know the summer I was in the top five percent in the nation and they invited me back and, the next six years, I recruited and trained people to do the same.
0: Now, no, have same. Found, now, have you? did you find that the skill of training is different from the skill of actually doing? Because I've met people who are really, really good in their fields, but they couldn't teach their way out of a paper sack. They just didn't know how to convey the different things, the motivation, the technical parts. Where did you get your skill at training?
1: It's the same skill. If you you look at it, and the big part of how to sell nothing, there's two sales, the logical sale and the emotional sale. You have to have both, but if you have to have one's more important, which would you say is more important?
0: Oh, the emotional side. I know that. And why is
1: that? And why is that?
0: Because we make our decisions for emotional reasons on the unconscious or subconscious level. And then the logic and the data and the facts is used to justify the emotional decision.
1: Okay. So we're in agreement there. That works in sales. We have to emotionally uh, engage our clients. When it gets to leadership, it's the same thing. You can logically lead your people or emotionally lead your people. Logically, hey, get your dials up. They know that. They're not going to change their behavior until you get them emotionally engaged. It's their vision. It's their goals. It's what they want and why they want it. That's where I lead. And that's the difference between a good leader and a bad leader. A good leader treats their... Like clients, they get them emotionally engaged. That's 100%. their leverage to change their
0: behavior. 100%. That's a good takeaway. So you are a powerful storyteller. You've been quoted on Forbes.com and you co- uh, who coaches, teaches, and trains by powerful and memorable example. He's the first to say that whether you're selling chicken shit, <laughs> financial opportunities or high technology, the same core principles apply. All right. When we did uh, a little, you sent me an email before we arranged to do this podcast and said, I don't know if I should tell the story about how I literally sold chicken shit, but I want to hear it. And my viewers and listeners want to hear it. So talk about selling chicken shit.
1: Okay. Um, And it's actually how sell nothing really got started. and I wasn't really aware at the time, but this was in college. I was going to school in Fargo, North Dakota. Uh, my roommate, uh, a good friend, had a chicken ranch, quarter million birds, and chickens lay every day, eggs. lay eggs every day, and they shit every day. <laughs> and one day, uh, I get a call from his dad, and he says, "Kevin, around?" He said, "No." He said, "Well, are you interested in going south for spring break?" And it's March, and I look outside—it's North Dakota, and there's a blizzard. I said, "Yes, I'm interested." I guess some work. He said, "No, it's a convention." I said, "I'm in. I'll let Kevin know." Found the importance of getting details. I didn't know it then, but. I was thinking South is, you know, Puerto Rico, Cancun. Sioux Falls, South Dakota is south of Fargo, North Dakota. That's <laughs> true. But it's not <laughs> the Spring Break location. <laughs> and a spring Break uh, environment was not what uh, the party environment. It was a cert- uh, certified organic farmers association. And what Kevin's dad did is he took the, the chicken shit, dried it down and pelletized it, and got it certified as organic. And he was selling it to these uh, uh, farmers. And he, uh, he knew that I had some book, uh, experience selling bookstore door to the door. He invited me to come down there. So we had a business cards, so We've got little baby jars full of this chicken shit. And we put it in our booth. And we're sitting there looking at it. And I'm looking at the brochure like we all do. And I look over and someone over there did the exact same thing. What are the odds? And I'm not competitive, but I had to go check out and see what he's doing. So I went over there. And, and then I kind of timed it. So another group of people came up. I sat behind him, got to hear him do his pitch. And, and this guy, he knew his shit. I mean, he knew the MPK <laughs> value. He knew that it could be used as a cattle feed supplement. He's going on and on about it and talking about it. And I'm sitting there looking at his baby jars, thinking uh, this guy knows this shit. Is his shit better than our shit? Is there such thing as good shit? Do we have bad shit? You know, all these thoughts are coming through my head. And uh, came back to our table and Kevin says, what's up? I said, I don't know, we're in deep shit. Cause I don't know how we're gonna compete with that. And two minutes later, One of those guys just heard that guy do his pitch is coming to our table. And I'm thinking, oh, crap, what am I going to do? I told Kevin that. And Kevin said, stood up, said, you can talk to Joe. He had to go to the bathroom because he was a chicken shit and let me deal with it. And I realized I can't compete with that guy because I don't know shit about my shit. So I really can't let him ask me a question. So. I just started asking, how long have you been farming? What's the, where's your farm at? How big is it? How much converted? What was the biggest challenge you had? What's the biggest enjoyment? What's the biggest, something you do over I asked him question after question after question because I couldn't let me, him ask me a question because I didn't know shit. And
0: <laughs>
1: finally, he says these By the way,
0: things. pause a second. Yes. Ladies and gentlemen, those of you who guess the, ex- the exact number of times are close within plus or minus five times Joe has and will say the word shit in this interview. Will win a autographed copy of my book. Where is it? Subtle words itself. Go ahead, Joe. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Thank you. And just a side note: I don't swear in my normal life. This is the only time I swear, I so it's just it's it's. it's, it's, it's okay. But anyway, I just kept asking question after question, and finally he says those words that every salesperson loves to hear. He says, "Well, I reckon I might not better ought to get some." I have no idea what that meant. <laughs> I still don't know what that meant, I but I figured time. I might as well close. I said, you want a half a ton or a, a, a half a semi or a whole, a whole semi? And he goes, well, how much is it? We even thought about price. And I said, 650 bucks to get your mail here at the post office. And he cut me a check. And what I realized is from the consumer's point of view, we all sell the same shit. It really doesn't matter. They can go up 10 floors, down 10 blocks, find a similar product. Yeah, we have little slight differences, but at their point, it's the same thing. So I decided I'm never going to compete on, against their shit with my shit. Right. I will compete against the other salesperson, and I will win. And that's the relationship. That guy bought from me because I took time to find out about him, his farm, you know, what was important to him. That's selling nothing. That makes sense?
0: Yes, essentially, rather than selling the product or service, you're establishing a relationship by showing genuine interest in that person's challenges, problems. And so the person perceives you, not necessarily as a salesperson, but as a helper, a friend, a facilitator for them to fix their problems and reach their goals. Is that a good way to summarize
1: it? It's a trusted advisor. That's, that's, that's where we're going to. If I, I'm re- literally asking those questions, just figuring out, okay, does my product help? Or I'll say it this way. Um, doctors can't fix you until you tell them how or why. They have to do their diagnosis, right? right. They have to know what's wrong. They can't, otherwise, and you don't, you are not going to take their recommendation on the prescription until you've said that. You have to communicate that piece. Otherwise, there's no buy-in. Doctors can't fix you until you tell them how or why. Well, I can't sell anyone until they tell me how or why. It's the same principle. They have to tell me what they want and why they want it. And then I just sell that.
0: Now, had you, so had, did you take trainings and sales? Did you tra- take sales courses? Did you take any formal training? It seems to me like you got this on your own without needing training, without needing coaches or any of that other stuff.
1: Uh, yeah, I've, I've, naturally I've had been all these seminars and boot camps, but I think the biggest piece came from six years selling books door to door. I've been in you know, 30,000 one-on-one sales situations. You got to learn something or you're going to starve. So it is a lot self-taught, but I'm also, I'm wired where I'm always looking, always learning, always trying to get better at it. Hold um, on, um,
0: pause on that one. So you're, uh, does that translate into over across other contexts in your life, or is just just related to sales? And where did you get that orientation of always learning, always being curious? Because a lot of people just don't have it.
1: Um. Where that came from, I think I'm just naturally curious if it's, well, I'll say that, but if it's something I enjoy doing, I'm going to focus in on. We all, we are all that way. We're, I'm gravitated towards sales. I'm just wired that way. But I also disagree with the thought that there's a born salesperson. There's okay, not a those, born seem, doctor.
0: those seem to be paradoxical. You're saying you're exactly. wired for it, but then you're saying there's no such thing as someone yeah. who's born that way.
1: Because it can be trained. It can be taught. There are some people who are just good at sales. There are people who are not, who can be trained in thought and taught how to do that. So it is, it's, it's, you see these people that are just charismatic. That's a big element of it, but that can be taught and learned. Um, with my teaching, it really comes back to what I just said. You will be a good salesperson if I help you figure out what you want and why you want it. And if my product matches, we've got a deal. If it doesn't, I'm not going to close. I mean, I'm not a high-pressure person. I'm not a high-pressure salesperson. People buy from me. I don't sell them.
0: So is that, uh, unpacking this further, is that how you came up with the title, how to sell nothing?
1: It's a relationship. It's, you know, um, logically, people, let's just use insurance. Logically, people should buy insurance, take care of their kids, their Family and everything else—it's a logic, it's a no-brainer, correct? Yeah, but they don't until they have kids or they get married. Now there's an emotional reason. Okay, so I figure out what is that emotional reason, and the part of it is, I want them to say it. Now I'll, I'll use this example. I talked about the logical sale and the emotional sale. Let's just call them buckets, okay? Are those buckets behind you? Yes, 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 they are. Thanks (laughs) for noticing, yes. Uh, I was going to label them, but it kind of looks cheesy, so I didn't label them. I just left them open like that. But the logical bucket is filled with my voice. I'm the salesperson. I know it. I've got a marketing partner back behind me. I know all the logic, and my voice fills up that bucket. The emotional bucket is filled with their voice. It's what they want and why they want it. And let's talk about the buckets. The logical bucket is finite. If you have a bucket of water and you put more water in the bucket, what happens?
0: It's going to work. Right.
1: So wait. You have somebody logically sold. What happens if you sell logic? It doesn't work. And the logic's not going to cause them to act. The emotional bucket, emotions are weird and fickle things that can change all the time. That has holes in it. And they can be
0: contradictory. I've learned that people can hold contradictory emotions at the same time.
1: The emotional bucket is filled with their voice. That's what they want and why they want it. Or let let me use this example. We've all had sales meetings where they just, on a scale of one to 10, it's a 10. You knocked it out of the park there. He's laughing at my jokes. He's saying, he's asking questions. He's saying, can you come back in two weeks? And I want to see your proposal. We've had those meetings, right? Two weeks come by. We come back in and maybe says, uh, hey, Joel, two things. One, uh, I got called call across town. I got to cut this meeting short. Two, let's see what you got. And we just start talking and we show him our presentation or our proposal, but it's different. And, 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 and his arms are crossed and he's not asking questions. And you walk out of that second meeting with, I need to think about it. That happens all the time. Yes. Okay? So what happened at that first meeting? I engaged him. I had both buckets full, the logical bucket and the emotional bucket. That's his voice, what he wants and why he wants it. I got the next step. Okay? He asked me to come back. Two weeks later, when I come back in, the logical bucket's still full. The emotional bucket has holes in it, and it's empty. I don't re-engage on that second meeting until I get his voice to tell me, or his voice to fill up that emotional bucket. Once I get someone, I don't don't strive, I strive to teach, coach, train, or speak until I get people emotionally engaged. It's their voice. So that second meeting, I would have been better served to say, okay, I can show you this, but let's go back. What's important to you about this insurance? Well, why do you want to do that? What does that, how how does that make you feel? Or help me out, tell me more about that. What else? Now,
0: obviously, hold on just a second. Obviously, the nuance in that is you can't make it an interrogation. You have to, right. So what is your distinction? I really want to get into your technology here because I agree with your basic ideas. I want to get to the how. So without giving away your whole system, because people, you and I get it, people listening to this will find yourself more curious the more he, that Joe reveals. So how do you elicit these things from people in a way where they don't feel like they are being interrogated or they're being pushed into a corner to reveal information.
1: I've got it. And actually, uh, at the end, uh, it's a free download, so I don't mind sharing it. Um, It's an earning process. E-A-R-N-I-N-G. It's an acronym. Because we have an idea for sales. We think the meeting's going to go this way. It's like a battle plan. You have your battle plans. As soon as the battle starts, the plans go out the window soon as the sales call starts, it goes out the window. Well, this earning piece is to help keep us on track. And we have to earn the right to ask for their business. That's Absolutely. part of it. So the first part, um, E stands for evaluate their current reality. I got to ask a ton of questions to find out what they have. It's the data gather, if you want to use that phrase. Um, I look at it. If I'm going to show a similar product, make an apples to apples comparison, I have to ask enough questions so I know what type of apples you have. If I'm going to show something different, apples or oranges, I still need to ask enough questions so I know what type of apples you have. So that's the E. A lot of people, salespeople do that. That's pretty common. Uh, the E, A. I would ask if I was talking to you, just curious, what are the advantages of what you're doing right now? What do you like? your, what, your current insurance person, I'll literally say, what do you like about your current insurance agent? And I get pushback. People say, you know, Palo, I don't want to ask that question. I'm like, Talking them in to stay with their current guy. Exactly. I disagree with that because one, I love asking that question because it differentiates me from everybody else. No one else does that. Two, it screams confidence. I'm not going to the kitchen, I'm going right where it's hot. I'm talking, why do they like their current vendor? But the biggest reason they're telling me they're hot buttons. Whatever they like, Back in my mind, I'm thinking, I got to close on that in five minutes or five months. They're telling me that. I'm not going to know unless I ask. You with me? Making sense? Yes. Okay, that's E and the A. Uh, R, revise. What do they want to change? This is the major reason they're going to go forward. Uh, And and right nowadays, I think of it if... uh, we're too busy. We don't just have meetings unless there's a problem. If I'm talking to somebody, there's a problem there because we're too busy. But this is the main reason. I don't want to lead off on that because I want to ask the first two. So it's E-A-R. You with me?
0: Yeah, of course I'm with you. I wouldn't be. I just go (laughs) interview over.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Well, because I I get on a rant, so you can stop me if you need to, if you want to ask a question. No,
0: no, 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 no. Keep going. And no,
1: who can say no to this? I want to get all the decision makers in the room. Worst right. thing in sales is to go out and you give a great presentation right. and you have somebody come say, Joe, it sounds great. I got to go tell, check with my boss. Right. It's like, great. No, I got to come back in two weeks and two months and do my dog and pony show. Or worse, you're going to sell my product for me and you're not an expert. You're going to sell me for me and you're not an expert. There are right. times I'll back out of the presentation. I won't go any further. Sometimes you can't, but I want to know who else can say no. Okay. E A R N. I. I interpret back what they just said. I literally say, just for clarity, can I take two minutes and just repeat back what you just said? Yes. And it's magic. And I go on a two-minute uh, dialogue of what they say, and I hear like, well, damn it, Joe, you said it better than I did. You know? And finally, they think, this guy gets me. I have not even started selling it. That's a great spot to be in. The second end. Nothing. What if nothing changes? What if they do nothing wrong? That question gets a sense of urgency. And I don't ask that just as a quick question. I want them to wallow in that for a little while. I'll even kind of push back and say, well, tell me more about that. Well, what else? You know, and then I make them think, what would happen? I want them to tell me, what would happen if they don't do anything different? We're gonna be here a year from now, you're gonna have the same problem. And then the G, it's just the gain. If we had that problem fixed, what would it look like? If that problem, that block of time you dealt with this is gone, what would you do with that? And by doing this, and I'm asking questions, it comes about, it's not as interrogation, but particularly the part that wins them over is that interpreting back. That's a very, if you want one takeaway, just simply repeat back what they just told you.
0: Got it. I like it. I like it. I like acronyms too. Now, so $100 million question. Can you use can you use a simplified version of this in your personal life?
1: Absolutely. Uh, if I'm, let's just say with raising kids, we can logically tell them to do it whatever they want. They're not going to do it. No way. Okay, I got to get them emotionally engaged.
0: Same peak, same principle. Or my my mother used to shoe all emotionally engaged. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there is that emotion of fear. Yes, that
1: is a, that is an emotion. Um But also, that same piece about interpreting back what they just said. If we're talking to our kids, well, the, let me repeat back what you just said or you're talking to your spouse. There's no downside to that. It's clarity. And they respect that because it shows this guy is really listening to me or Joe's really listening to me. So I think this is very transferable. It, it, it works in leadership, works in relationships. It's literally trying to help figure out what they want and have them tell me
0: why they want it. I get it. And, and I think that in a really good sales process, it's the prospect who does 80% of the work. If you structure it properly, they're gonna provide what you need rather than you trying to do a traditional script in which case they're gonna have heard it before or they feel they're being pressured. I like this process of gathering information in a way where it doesn't seem like an interrogation. So now I get rather than you say you're selling nothing because it's not about selling. It's about establishing something and maintaining.
1: The, the relationship. Yeah. Yeah. That, that's that you're, you're spot on on that. And, and even you think of all the sales pitches that are all the same, this little piece can be in, in, integrated right on top of that. Um, but. You like it if people know you and get you. We're open-minded about things we say. That's what we're bringing here. And again, it's not really selling. It's just people buy from you. Cool,
0: cool. I like it. All right. You've been an interesting guest to say the least. And because you've offered so much value, I know people will want to stay in the conversation with you. So what is the way to stay in the conversation with you, Joe?
1: Uh, first thing, you can go to ConvertSalesFaster.com, dot com, Convert dot love it. Um, and you can download uh, a free PDF that has that earning piece spelled out. So it's something that they can use tomorrow. Uh, that, that's just a, a, a bonus that I that I give away. Um, otherwise, you can go. Uh, my email is joe at sellnothing.co, dot co, not dot com. <laughs> I couldn't afford the um. <laughs> <The> dot, <laughs> the dot com was bought by some bitcoin company it's it's pretty expensive it's good to buy that um um you can shoot me an email there at uh or go to uh, sellnothing.co on uh, my website and connect with me there
0: all right thank you very much joe thanks for being all a great right. guest we will see you excuse me <laughs> i'm not like howard stern i try not to belch on the air <laughs> <laughs> all right Tracy, don't even bother to edit that out. This show goes unedited unless my cat comes in and knocks over the camera and then we have to redo it. Joe, thank you for being on The Influencer's Edge. We will see you on the next episode. I appreciate it. It's been fun. Thank you for your time. appreciate it. The Influencer's Edge is brought to you by the Invisible Influence Series. If you're ready to massively increase your sales by leveraging the power of subconscious persuasion, then make sure you text the word COMPEL to 411-321. That's COMPEL to 411-321. And if you're outside of the United States, then use WhatsApp and text the word COMPEL to 1. 909-741-1321. 909-741-1321. Make sure you put in your best email address because that's how we'll deliver the goodies. Thank you for tuning in to the Influencers Edge, where you get the latest breakthroughs, cutting edge insights, tools, and techniques so you can leapfrog over the pack sales, influence, and persuasion. Remember to visit our website at www.theinfluencersedge.com to enjoy even more great episodes like this one. We look forward to seeing you again on The Influencers Edge Show.